Well, g'day everyone. Welcome to The Journey this week. My name's Jude Hennessy and I get to bring you this show going right around Australia to radio stations right around the country, the incredible network of Christian radio stations that are just blessing our nation, blessing communities right around our nation and, and leading people deeper into their walk with, with God and their walk with, with Christ. And we're just really honoured, humbled to be part of that, uh, that little journey and to be contributing to that. And, uh, and I know our, our Godspot presenters are too. We, uh, we've got a show where we, we have some great music and we have some pretty cool people from the Catholic world who are contributing to this wonderful thing, which is uh, ecumenical Christian radio. So you're going to hear from, uh, from a good mate of mine, Darren McDowell. He used to work in this office, the Office of Renewal and Evangelization. He doesn't anymore because he's, um, he's studying to be a priest. He's going to talk to us about humility and love today, which is uh, important, particularly in this Lenten season. It's a season of repentance and humility and surrender. We're also going to hear from uh, Deacon Josh Clayton. He wants to uh, talk about beach cricket. He's going to draw an analogy by some things that he witnessed and was part of at the beach and allowing ourselves to form good habits as people. Ken Bryant has got his piece from the Triumph Lenten series. It's our small group Lenten reflection series. Some people do it on their own, but basically the daily scripture as part of the, the daily readings from the Old or New Testament, a psalm and a gospel reading every single day. He's going to break open Luke 4, 24 to 30, and that wonderful healing of, of Naman the Syrian. Mother Hilda Scott's going to talk to us about being called how God calls us and is present in our lives. And to kick us off, we've got the Gospel Reflection. We're getting a great series from Father Mark De Batista as part of the Lenten journey. And in this third Sunday of Lent, he's breaking open the Gospel from John 4, 5 to 42, a Gospel about a spring of water whirling up to eternal life inside of us. And he wants to speak to us about reaching out to the lost. Let's get into that now. Father Mark is going to break open the Gospel after Max Norton proclaims it. And we'll hear the psalm that's set down for this Sunday. It's Psalm 94, verses 1 to 2 and 6 to 9. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Beautiful words. Lots to get through. It's the third Sunday of Lent. There's this journey towards Jerusalem leading into, uh, into Easter. Let's walk it with the Lord as we go through the scriptures. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and you're on the journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus came to the Samaritan town called Sychar, near the land that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well is there, and Jesus, tired by the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, What? You a Jew? And you ask me, a Samaritan for a drink? Jews, in fact, do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus replied, If you only knew what God is offering and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have been the one to ask, and he would have given you living water. You have no bucket, sir, she answered, and the well is deep. How could you get this living water? Are you a greater man than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself with his sons and his cattle? Jesus replied, Whoever drinks this water will get thirsty again, but anyone who drinks the water that I shall give will never be thirsty again. The water that I shall give will turn into a spring inside him, welling up to eternal life. Sir, said the woman, Give me some of that water so that I may never get thirsty and never have to come here to draw water. Go and call your husband, said Jesus to her, and come back here. The woman answered, I have no husband. He said to her, You are right to say, I have no husband, for although you have had five, the one you have now is not your husband. You spoke the truth there. I see you are a prophet, sir said the woman. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain while you say that Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said, Believe me, woman, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation comes from the Jews. 
But the hour will come, in fact it is here already, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. That is the kind of worshipper the Father wants. God is spirit and those who worship must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah, that is Christ, is coming and when he comes he will tell us everything. I, who am speaking to you, said Jesus, I am he. At this point, the disciples returned and were surprised to find him speaking to a woman, though none of them asked, what do you want from her or why are you talking to her? The woman put down her water jar and hurried back to the town to tell the people, come and see a man who has told me everything I ever did. I wonder if he is the Christ. This brought people out of the town and they started walking towards him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, do have something to eat. But he said, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples asked one another, Has someone been bringing him food? But Jesus said, My food is to do the will of the one who sent me and complete his work. Have you not got a saying, Four months... And then the harvest? Well, I tell you, look around you, look at the fields. Already they are white, ready for harvest. Already the reaper has been paid his wages. Already he is bringing in the grain for eternal life. And thus, sower and reaper rejoice together. For here the proverb holds good. One sows, one reaps. I sent you to reap a harvest you had not worked for. Others worked for it, and you have come into the rewards of their trouble. Many Samaritans of that town had believed in him on the strength of the woman's testimony when she said, He told me all that I had ever done. So, when the Samaritans came to him, they begged him to stay with them. He stayed for two days, and when he spoke to them, many more came to believe, and they said to the woman, Now we no longer believe because of what you told us, We have heard him ourselves, and we know that he really is the Saviour of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. And now, the Gospel Reflection with Father Mark de Battista. The exchange between Jesus and the Samaritan woman begins as an unexpected encounter. The cultural and spiritual distance between the two of them could not have been further apart. First, there was a cultural norm that a man and a woman do not speak unaccompanied by another. Second, Jesus was a Jew and the woman was a Samaritan. Jews and Samaritans never mixed. Third, Jesus was a rabbi and the woman an adulteress with a bad name in the town. Yet, thirsty for her faith, Jesus initiates the conversation by asking for a drink of water, thus going against the cultural norms. Gradually, discussion progresses from physical water to living water that never runs out, although she still thinks he is talking about actual water. She desires this living water so that she would not have to come and draw water each day and thus avoid encountering anyone who would judge her for her lifestyle. Eventually, Jesus breaks through to her personal life and asks her to call her husband, which in Hebrew is Baal, the name of a false god in ancient Israel. As a Samaritan talking with a Jew, this would have had an additional significance. Her honesty elicits a prophetic response from Christ, who reminds her of a profound aspect of her personal life. The woman, who remains nameless, shows her openness to receive the gift of faith by responding to Jesus' questions, while at the same time revealing her own inadequate yet present faith in the future Messiah, Christ. The discussion now becomes explicitly religious. Jews believed that the proper place to offer sacrifice was in Jerusalem, whereas Samaritans, who only believed in the first five books of the Old Testament as divinely revealed, believed that Mount Gerizim was the proper place to worship. Next comes the most explicit admission by Jesus of his own identity anywhere in the Gospels. I am he, referring to himself as the Christ. Up until this moment, the woman had been led through a gradual process from natural water to living water to personal life to faith in the future Messiah. 
she had forgotten the entangled cultural religious world from which she had come, where a man and a woman could not speak privately, and where there was a religious divide. After the disciples arrive, she is immediately drawn back into this world, and she withdraws back to her town so as to avoid any potentially awkward moment with the disciples. Yet now it's too late. She has been touched by Christ. She is not only unafraid to go back and face her townsfolk, whom she formerly wanted to avoid, but she is willing to evangelize them. She is filled with conviction because Jesus has revealed the truth to her, and she has been set free. I wonder if he is the Christ, she asks. And this was enough to draw out the townspeople to come and see for themselves. After staying an additional two days with them, many people from that town are now convinced that he is truly the Christ, not because of her testimony, but because they had seen for themselves. The journey is now complete. Jesus takes the initiative and crosses the cultural, religious, and moral boundaries in order to reach those who are lost. He kindles their faith and turns them into evangelizers of others. As we journey with Christ to Easter, may we grow in our faith, share it with others, and prepare us to partake in his triumph. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews, and wisdom for living life to the full. Listening to The Journey, music, interviews, and wisdom for living life to the full. Now, Wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda. 
There is a wonderful Jewish story which I think speaks to our gospel this week. It goes like this. A pagan once asked Rabbi Joshua ben Quaran, Why of all the things did God choose the loathsome thorn bush as the place from which to speak to Moses? The rabbi replied, If he had chosen a carob tree or a mulberry bush, you would have asked me the same question. Yet it is impossible to let you go away empty-handed. That is why I'm telling you that God chose the prickly thorn bush to teach you that there is no place on earth bereft of the divine presence, not even a thorn bush. So why did God choose a single Samaritan woman of dubious background in a backwater place at the wrong time of what was a hot day to make a request before whom to be vulnerable? Immediately we can say, well, he had a need, he was thirsty. Yes, he was, and thirsty for far more than a drink of water. And of all the people on earth at that time, this woman was the only one who could fill that need. Make no mistake, that woman is us right now today. It was no accident that Jesus happened to be there at the well that day off the beaten track, so to speak. Human need is a magnet that draws the already present God into a presence that you and I can't miss, if we are truly looking. Have you ever been in need? Have you ever ached for the presence of someone who could at least be there with you? It is a gift this week to get into touch with the times we have been that Samaritan woman. Our triumph is not about what we have done to fix ourselves or anyone else. It is about how much we have been open to letting God enter our lives and make the changes. So across your life, how has he come? When did you need help? Furthermore, how many times have you come across other people in need of one kind or another? On every single occasion, Had we had eyes to see, we would have found God sitting beside the well of our lives. There is a saying attributed to the eminent Swiss psychiatrist and psychoanalyst Carl Jung, Vacatus atque non vacatus deus utterit, which means, called or uncalled, God is present. Jung discovered it among the Latin writings of Desiderus Erasmus, who in turn thought it to be an ancient Spartan proverb. Jung had it inscribed over the doorway of his house and on his tomb. There are various translations of it. Summoned or not summoned, God is present. Invoked or not invoked, God is present. Called or not called, God will be there. Called or uncalled, God is there. Bidden or unbidden, God is present. Bidden or not bidden, God is present. Which one of these speaks most to you? The woman in our gospel did not set out that day to encounter God, but God set out to encounter her. She was very conscious of her need, both at the physical level and at the level of the soul. That was her real bucket. And Jesus was conscious of his need too. We do not set out on our days of vulnerability to encounter God. Thanks to Mother Hilda Scott there. She spoke uh, about us being either called or uncalled. God is present and uh, making some beautiful reflections on the, on the Samaritan woman in the stories of the gospel. And that woman didn't set out that day to encounter God, but, um, but God set out to encounter her. And God's looking to do that with us every single day.
Reminds me of the psalm that we heard in the first part of the show. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Hope your hearts have been softened up by what you're hearing from our God spots and uh, and from great people like Mother Hilda. Ken Bryant's after the break. Bit of music in the mix though now. And Wilson, Living Water, and we'll be hearing from Matt Maher as well shortly. His song Faithfulness, which also features Stephanie Gretzinger. All that to look forward to. Ken Bryant coming up after the break. Champion fella. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. And thanks for joining us this week on The Journey. This goes out to every outcast Till the just don't quite fit in Every wrong way run away rebel So ashamed of where you've been This goes out to every searcher Trying to fill that empty space Well, your searching days are over now Everything's about to change On the journey, faith, hope, and love for life in all its fullness. There are 
Lenten series. Here's Ken Bryant and his reflection for Monday 13th of March on Luke 4 verses 24 to 30. There were many lepers in Israel but only Naaman the Syrian was cured. Why do we as children of a loving God experience pain? Why do we suffer? Why must we die? How is it that a benevolent loving and compassionate God can allow such suffering to pervade the world? Such profound questions have challenged theologians and mystics throughout the ages and have generated insights and responses from such extraordinary figures as St Thomas Aquinas and Pope St John Paul II. For some, their reflective wisdom provides a measure of balm to the soul. For others, the questions and challenges remain. In today's scripture, we hear of God's healing of Naaman the Syrian from the scourge of leprosy. And we imagine the painful cry of the faithful of Israel who continued to suffer without restoration of health. Why must we, your faithful servants, continue to live in pain whilst you heal another? As humans, we cannot pretend to understand the unfathomable mystery that is our God. As a Christian people, we abide in the knowledge and human understanding that Jesus himself, Son of the living God, experienced deep suffering, humiliation and pain at the hands of his fellow human beings. In our suffering, we can take solace in our Christian understanding that our triune God, in the person of Jesus, experienced intense human suffering. We then are never alone in our pain and anguish. God is always with us. In this Lenten season, as we seek ever more assiduously to follow the way of Jesus, we look to the hope and promise that the resurrection brings. May we all, through our Lenten observances, be ever more prepared to embrace the triumph of the risen Christ on Easter morning. In the words of St Ignatius of Loyola, Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Amen. Thank you very much to Ken Bryant there. I've had the privilege of working with Ken a fair bit over the last 10 years or so, and um, he's done great things in Catholic education. He's done great things in, in leading a whole lot of the stuff that we were doing around Plenary 2020, real listening to the Holy Spirit, 
that was occurring over the last few years and continues now to to hopefully bear wonderful fruit in God's purpose and God's way. And today he spoke to us about the unfathomable mystery that is our God and particularly in the midst and the face of suffering. Um, but how Jesus experienced it too, you know. He, he redeems even our suffering because of his endurance of suffering as well. Suffering can be redemptive if we bring it to, to the cross and, and embrace it as best we can in union with Jesus. After the break, you're going to be hearing from uh, the Bush Deacon, Josh Clayton. He's from uh, he's from Bathurst. It was great to see him a couple of weeks ago at the Divine Renovation Conference. In fact, we heard an interview with him just a little while ago. Don't forget, if you want to go back and hear past versions of the show and hear some of those interviews, we've got a few more coming up from that DR conference. Just go to jcr.org.au. You can do that and check that out. You can go through a whole list of the... The God Spots, for example, from Mother Hilda or the Gospel Reflections that have been in the last few weeks from Father Mark as we as we journey through Lent. Whatever you like, it's all there. You can drop us a line. We don't mind how you listen to this show. And we know that the vast majority do through the wonderful network of Christian radio stations that are right around Australia. And we're, we're in over 30 of them. And just thank you. It's a privilege to be, to be coming to you through your local Christian radio station. Is Alabama and the song The Old Rugged Cross and The Bush Deacons coming up after the break. Bit of Sanctus Real, the song Won't Let Me Go will be in the mix too. That's after the break. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and thanks for joining us this week on The Journey. On a hill far away Stood an old rugged cross the emblem of suffering and shame And I love that old cross Where the dearest and best For a world of lost sinners was slain So I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies and last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown So despised by the world Has wondrous attraction for me For the dear Lamb of God Left His glory above To bear it to dark Calvary So I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown in the old rugged cross Stained with blood so divine A wondrous beauty I see For it was there, that old cross Jesus suffered and died To pardon and sanctify me so I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown the
will ever be true. It's shame and reproach gladly bear. Then he'll call me someday to my home far away with his glory forever. Hope, love, and life. This is the journey. And now he is the bush deacon, Josh Clayton. Beach, sun, and cricket. That can be the theme that sometimes edges its way all throughout an Australian summer. And if you're listening to this outside of Australia, I'm sure you can understand why. It's a bit of a different climate to the Northern Hemisphere at this time of year. Those experiences may not be your liking. You may not like the beach, you may not like cricket, and you may not like the sun. But it's something that can influence and does set the tone a little bit for how we operate at this time of year. Recently, I was blessed to be able to attend a retreat for 18 to 25-year-olds at the beach. We're at YWAM in Talia, a great location to spend time contemplating God. The thing that really stood out for me during that time was the constant reminder that was present at that location of the Word of God, of Scripture. Wherever you went, and the areas that were popular anyway, there'd be pieces of Scripture that were carved into furniture, tables and chairs, and even rocks, to remind us of the importance of God's Word. As a result, that retreat took on a feel that was influenced by Scripture, influenced especially by the impact of the resurrection, Jesus' resurrection and the impact that that has on each and every one of us and our world, even if at times our world doesn't even realise it. Arise is the retreat, and it's all about the resurrection, but it's a chance for young people to stop before it becomes too busy to reflect on what they hope for this year. Beach, sun and cricket. It may not be what occurred the whole time, but it definitely influenced. You can't get away from the fact that a summer in Australia has a different feel. But it means that we have to be intentional about how we're going to allow those elements of faith to be part of our life. Sometimes it's hard to get time to pray Sometimes it's hard to get time to worship, to come together in in church, in, in mass, because it's busy, it's hot, we want to go to the beach, we want to relax. But good habits form good people, and taking the time to reflect and allow ourselves to be transformed by scriptures, by faith, by conversations with others who share the love of God. As we begin this year... Let's not be afraid of the sun, the beach and cricket. It might be something we experience and it's great to relax. We also need to remember that our faith is there all year round, not just when we're living the normal life. It's times like that where we can really appreciate the great gift of faith that we're given. Thanks to the Bush Deacon, Josh Clayton, down from Bathurst there. Today he spoke to us about some great insights too about forming good habits draw an analogy by some things that he witnessed and was part of at the beach and allowing ourselves to form good habits as people coming up after the break. From a good mate of mine, Darren McDowell, he used to work in this office, the Office of Renewal and Evangelization. He's on his way to ordination. He's going to talk to us about humility and love today, which is uh, which is really important, particularly in this Lenten season. It's a season of repentance and humility and surrender. 
That's after the break. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and thanks for joining us this week on The Journey. on the journey faith hope and love for life in all its fullness the triumph lenten series continues with darren mcdowell and his reflection for saturday 18 march on hosea chapter 5 verse 15 to chapter 6 verse 6 how did you enter the lenten season the introductory session of the alpha course invites us to reflect upon what makes us happy what is life about Perhaps, like the Israelites in our first reading, we too try to find fulfilment in worldly things, such as work, relationships, possessions, alcohol, or the latest thing. But do these fulfill us at a deep level? If we look hard enough, we realize that they only provide temporary happiness or fulfillment. They don't last. Through the prophet Hosea, God promises that if we turn to him in humility and love, he will indeed raise us up, bind up our wounds, and bring us healing and the lasting fulfillment we seek. Indeed, 
in Jesus' resurrection, we see the realization of the Lord's proclamation in Hosea. On the third day, he will raise us up. However, we must play our part, a part that requires humility. Humility, as C.S. Lewis put it, is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Humility calls us to be authentic, acknowledging both our gifts and talents, as well as our strengths and weaknesses. This is before God and before one another. It is the step of recognizing that I can't do it all by myself, that we need each other in order to make this journey of hope and trust. Through true humility and trusting in the promises and presence of God, we will indeed find fulfillment, happiness, and the new life which Jesus promises. Through humility, we can let go of these things which have bound us up, and we are able to discover what St. Augustine, that our hearts are restless until they rest in you, O Lord. Amen.
That was Curry Job and the song Forever. Loved it. I haven't heard that before, I've got to be honest. I really, really like that. And uh, some great music on the show this week. Thanks to Max Norden, our sound editor, who's put it all together and for picking out all of these great God spots that he's got from our, our presenters. Each of them, thank you very much. Uh, you've just heard from Darren McDowell there. Miss him a bit. He used to be in the office all every day, but now he's he's off at the seminary and he's getting well formed as he's he's journeying towards ordination and uh, formation. Well, it's a bit bit long away now. The ordination be a few years, but he's on the journey, and uh, we pray for you, Darren, in the midst of that. Thanks for your your insights into humility and and love and and recognizing that we need to um, surrender our struggles and our weaknesses before God and one another. We can't do it all by ourselves. God builds the house. And, uh, and you had a great message for us there on humility and trust. Thanks to the Bush Deacon, Josh Clayton, down from Bathurst there. He he, uh, he gave us some, some great insights too about forming good habits. Ken Bryant broke open the story of uh, Naman, the Syrian, who was cured. Mother Hilda Scott spoke about God's presence to us, God seeking us just as we seek him. And thanks to Father Mark DeBattista, who kicked off the show with breaking open the, the gospel reading that's set down for the third Sunday of Lent. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. We've loved bringing it to you. Don't forget you can check us out at jcr.org.au. We'd love to hear from you. You can check us out on Facebook too. Give us some feedback. Give us some tips. Give us some encouragement. Pray for us as we pray for all of our listeners very regularly as a team. Okay, I'm going to get out of here. We will be doing it all again next week as we continue to smash through the weeks leading through to Lent towards Easter. We'll be in the fourth Sunday of Lent next week. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and you've been on The Journey. The Journey is presented by Jude Hennessy and produced by Max Norden on Dharawal Country in the office of the Bishop for the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.